0: I want to welcome you to the show. We have one of the nicest MCs. He's from Harlem, of course. One of the nicest in the game. UFO Feeb, what's going on tonight, man?
1: Thank you for having me, brother. What's up, man? Of course, yeah.
0: You watching the next game tonight?
1: Yeah, you know it.
0: Yeah. Hopefully they come back. I know they're playing the yeah. Bucks at home, so I saw they were down at halftime.
1: Yeah, I was trying to get tickets to the game, but it was a busy one.
0: Unfortunately, yes, Uh, this the garden is always packed, but then they're doing well in recent years. But congratulations on all the the recent accolades that you have, especially with the upcoming release that you have this Friday that I just learned, too.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you, my brother. Weed and music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prayer weed and music out this Friday for sure.
0: Static selected to produce a single about them dollars with annoyed.
1: That's that's a fact, man. That's one of my favorite joints, man. I'm glad that I put that out
0: finally. (laughs) You took a shot at the Jets on there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I ain't talking about the Met Life. I ain't talking about where the Jets that. You know, that's the least favorite team in New York.
0: Oh, uh, I'm a Jets fan. Who's your team for the for the football?
1: Um, I would go Giants over Jets if I had to, but I try to rep all the New York teams, man. I don't let nobody down.
0: Except for the Nets, right? They don't count. Nah, your Brooklyn don't count. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> they just got here. Only a they few just years got ago. Here.
1: You know, like they say, when you go to the um, Mets game, they don't scream New York, they scream Brooklyn.
0: That's right. You're exactly right about that. The Knicks Knicks are New York's number one team, man. But I I know it's important tonight. We got to get into everything that you got going on. But I think it's always important to mention right now the birthday of the icon, big pun. He would have been 50 years old today.
1: Know it, man. God bless the big dog, big moon dog, stun, you know, twin. Pun every every name under the book, man. That's the legend.
0: Capital Punishment, one of the greatest albums of all time. The, the, yeah. He was a true inspiration for you, as well as Fat Joe. What song did you love by a big pun growing up off of Capital Punishment or even Yeah, baby?
1: Um You Ain't a Killer.
0: You ain't a Killer.
1: That's my go-to right there.
0: Tough. Rest in Word. peace to pun. Happy 50th birthday. Well, let's God into- bless him for real. Let's get into to everything that you got going on here. I know your, your father was a freestyler in the legendary TKA group, but man, tell me about your introduction to hip-hop besides that. Was that the reason why that you wanted to get into hip-hop, your father?
1: Uh, yeah and no. You know, my pops was um, in the music industry, so I had a lot of um, schooling from him and experiencing early on with um, being around. Um, You know, I might have been like 12 years old, 13 years old, or maybe younger, and I was already getting to hang out in the studio around like guys like Method Man, you know, stuff like that. Just seeing it early on was really inspirational, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't know about um, wanting to do music. That just was like um, the element of where we were at, you know, um, hip hop being prevalent in the streets of New York, especially in the 90s. You know in my era growing up it was kind of like um music was something that you had to do not that you had to make it or something but it was like a part of your everyday life you knew about what was coming out who was the hottest stuff like that so um I was always involved in this since the beginning but um as far as creating and, and wanting to con- um contribute to the culture that pretty much came you know a little later on and um when I started discovering um, writing and stuff like that, experience in school and going through my own little personal um, journeys that led me to the actual craft of writing and emceeing and putting it together. So um, to answer your question and not to um, dive off, I think I've always been involved, man, but falling in love with it was pretty much when I learned how to like, um, put words together, like in a way where I was satisfied, I thought it sounded good. And seeing the reaction from outsiders, of course, you know, uh, kicking my rhymes outside and seeing people um, react to it, that's kind of what, what what fueled the fire.
0: And I've heard what you said about having these conversations with legends is that you have the 12 year old kid inside of you going crazy, but at the end of the day, you feel as though that this conversation was meant to be. Uh, and I'm talking legends like Eric Sherman, because EPMD was, Something was a group that you looked up to,
1: yeah, exactly, man. Um, you know, and then uh, we listened to a lot of the music, well, I, I listened to a lot of music, and um, it kind of like was parallel to my experiences or like the experiences I felt like I was leaning towards having and understanding in the street when um, a lot of this music was out. So, um, you know, just being being excited for it and um getting my hands on it and then actually getting to speak to the people um and I'm I'm not biased you know I, I kind of understand I don't judge you know anyone for um you know anything like that I'm not that kind of person so when I meet these people like I said it's just um is uh it's unbiased opinion of just love for the craft and what they contributed I'm not really trying to like befriend them like if we build a relationship, then you know that that's even more blessing. I'm just here to um, when I meet these guys, i just be sure to give them their flowers and you know um let them know that I was um affected by their contribution and you know try to keep it pushing, man, because you know um you could get jaded real quick, you know if you try to like um push past being a fan and want to be involved with people then you start dealing with emotions and you know that could taint the situation so it's better to just give these people their flowers man see them for what they are show them love if you get to build with them on a one-on-one keep it you know cordial and true to what keeps you loving these people and you'll be fine you know what i'm saying so i try to learn that um and keep that same attitude that energy
0: it's such a shame because of the youth and the artists today, not you, but I'm talking about the the internet age of hip hop, whereas it it seems as though there's this disconnect between the legends and them because I think with social media, it's put everyone on all one playing field and and someone that has thirty thousand followers, they think that they're a celebrity in their head, and that may there's just this disconnect between legends and even artists right now if you've you've no, probably noticed it
1: absolutely, man. It's um very you know, I have I wouldn't say friends, but I have peers and then um in this thing that got you know followers on instagram and you know they'll treat other people as if you know they might be better or you know um they might not be it, i i don't want to um seem like i'm trying to like it might not be a full characteristic in someone but at times it'll lead you to feel like you're better than someone or you know you're doing something for other people that 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 you deserve because of this superficial thing but at the end of the day um I don't think it's I think it's worldwide, man, because I think there's even people that you wouldn't believe that suffer from it, you know, that suffer from trying to get that that hit of satisfaction, you know. So, um, again, man, I try not to judge, but, you know, I've been in situations, man, where people will be like, yo, man, I put you on my Instagram. I'm lit. And It's like, you know, it didn't make me no money. You know what I'm saying? It didn't put anything. It doesn't. Just, it doesn't leave us where I have to be dedicated and loyal to you for the rest of my life. Like, you didn't put me on just because you posted me on your grid. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, so like, yeah. If it's a life-changing experience, then sure, man, I'm loyal to it. Or, like, you know, a lot of people are tied to these um, numbers, even in the NBA. You know, we got Daryl Morey. We got these teams that are based on analytics and waste their time on trying to find the right mesh or nucleus of guys. Or draft, they just want to shoot 50% from the three, you know what I'm saying? And win the game because it's a numbers game. But um, which kind of took us away from the basketball we grew up loving, which was like just hard work in basketball, you know, our grown men just having to work because the Knicks team we grew up on 96, 95, you know, 97, these guys weren't the best, you know what I'm saying? None of them is on the 75 the uh, greatest players and a lot of them they make the Hall of Fame so it's like Greg Anthony you know John Starr Anthony Mason, you got, Anthony Mason. Okay. you got Charles Smith Oakley Pat you know and it's like these guys were just hustling you know so um, you know even the uh, the teams that moved up with Carmelo and Amari it was like those were, that's like hard working teams, you know what I'm saying? And like, even the little bit of success they had, it felt like, yeah, because we working so hard for it, you know what I'm saying? Like, Melo got to score 61 and get a win, you know what I'm saying? For us to be like, yeah. So it kind of coincides with my career, you know, like a true New Yorker, man, I'm always um, grinding it out and struggling. And, um, you know, I'm very down to earth. I don't let none of this stuff that um I achieve or accomplish, um, you know, get to my head. Cause at the end of the day, none of that stuff to my kids, none of that stuff matters. You know what I'm saying? My daughter don't care about if I was hanging out with, you know what I'm saying? If it ain't so if it ain't like black pink or something she into then she don't care, you know what I'm saying? She don't care if I got a million dollars put away. If I ain't show up, then I ain't show up. That's all that matters, you know what I'm saying? So that's really the most important thing to me, man. Somewhere down the line, I chose my path to, like, realize, like, you know, all that other stuff is cool, man. And it does give you a feeling when you are seeing results and people acknowledging you that you don't know. That's always going to give you a good feeling. But um, for the most part, it's like it leaves you wanting for that all the time. You know what I'm saying? So I just try to keep my head down, keep working, keep grinding. And hopefully, you know, one day we sh- we uh, reap the benefits of all the work that we put in.
0: Shout out to Richard Dean for connecting us. She told me a story, actually, when we had a conversation about that. She was finding your music through DJ Enough's emails when she was at Hot 97. She told Enough, you got to play this guy's music. And he actually yeah. knew your uncle. Yeah,
1: yep. Yeah, so everybody's like, um, you know, I'm from a small neighborhood, man, and my family's been in the streets for all my life. So somewhere down the line, that somewhere is... I don't know, um, I'm gonna be honest, like I don't know all my family secrets or who knows who. Mm-hmm. So they be stuff I find out, you know, like, like Richard Dean said, that's one of the scenarios where like my relatives were pushing for me behind the scenes, you know, I didn't know that I had anyone who knew enough. But, um, so when she told me that I was throwback myself because it came full circle from, you know, me meeting her and she being familiar with who I was and stuff, and then uh her sticking around and working with me, and then me reaching back to enough and us unifying together as a trio um without you know the uh what's the word I'm looking for but um but you know when the family puts you on a part of me nepotism. Um, yeah yeah, yeah, that without the nepotism, yeah, so I got to get there on my own and um she was there for the whole ride so we always have like those great um Richard Dean is a great person man a great soul she's been along for the ride man and we always have good laughs because um like myself she's somebody who don't take herself serious you know she takes her work serious but she tends to like also have a life as well you know what I'm saying
0: Mm-hmm. And shout out to her. Shout out to her magazine publication. She's actually interviewed if you for it, of course. Go check that out. But man, the funk flex freestyle, how is that? Because is that the most nerve-wracking freestyle you think there is? Especially when yeah. you're up there in that moment.
1: Yeah, I would think so, man. Just cause you know the um impact that it's gonna have. Um, for me particularly, I you know, um, I didn't get to prepare like that. um, and that's not an excuse. I'm not saying that to like nothing. I just, I just asked, you know, Joe, if I would be, you know, it was like, um, maybe like a Tuesday. And, um, I just, Joe had called me and I was like, yo, man, we got to go up to Funk Flex. But in my head, I imagined it like, you know, totally different when I said it, it was like Joe taking me up to Funk Flex and us doing, you know, so when I said it like, yo, you got to go, we got to go up to Fun Flex. It rang off like a good idea right away. He was like, oh, hell yeah, All right, let me call you back. You know, and then he called me right back, maybe like 15 minutes. I was grocery shopping. I was literally in the in the shop, right, man, the shopping stop. And he called me back and he was like, yo, we going to Flex tomorrow, uh, 7 o'clock. So I'm like, oh, shit. You know, it was early into my relationship with Joe, so I didn't know, um, I know that was Fat Joe you know I know who he is but I didn't know like you know it could happen like that you know what I'm saying like I didn't know if I'd be like yo Joe let's go to flex and he'd be like oh yeah I'll call you back and then yo tomorrow we're going at seven so um I had some rhymes I went and wrote a new rhyme and um I was cramming all night you know getting balls off trying to write a lengthy rhyme with some dope uh balls no filler just straight killer and um I wrote it, man. I wrote an amazing rhyme, bro. I won't even hold you. And when I got up there, I forgot it. Damn. So um, I just went into the, I just went into my mental database and I just was saying what was coming to my head. Like, you know, uh, I won't necessarily say off the top, but it was like some stuff that I already had in my mind put together with some stuff that I was working on. So like, I was like, all right, I'm going to just go with what I'm comfortable with. And, um, one thing I could say is that when I, I I did the the rhyme one time, right? And when I finished, I looked over, Flex was like, like he was staring at me like, you know, he was, you know, um, you know, not to boost or nothing. But he was like, holy so I was like, yo, can I do it one more time? He was like, Yeah, I gotta hear that again anyway. Like, come on, let's do it. Cause I had it, but I was like, let's do it one more time, because I could feel like myself getting used to it. Um, like Cause I was a little, we was drinking and stuff. So I was like, damn, I was on the spot. So I'm like, Flex, you mind if I try to get that off one more time? But he was like, you know, and I know Tap Wizard and a few of the guys up there. So they were all behind the board. Like, yeah, he like, you know, you killed it, you did your thing, man. So um for what I do, yeah, man. I went up there and delivered and to answer your question, yeah, it's one of the definitely one of the most nerve-wracking freestyles because you want to be on point. It's like playing at the garden. <laughs>
0: And that's going to be coming soon, too. That's right. 100%. That's a,
1: that's a fact.
0: But at least Funk Flex was able to show you that that praise in some sort of way and that you were able to recognize it because some MCs that go up there, because we've heard Griselda say that they feel as though that he wasn't showing them the love and they were really going in on that beat and it's caused this kind of controversy for real hip-hop fans because you're like, "Yeah, you know, that's
1: F-Flex. his." I, I think that's part of the, um, you No, know, I think that's part of the whole spiel of it is to, like, you know, because they, I think I want, you know, my performance, I I didn't spit a thousand bars. I think my performance, I said what I needed to say. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to get more reaction out of him. But I think that's the way, you know, the love he showed me off air, and like the respect he had for me off air was like, yo, he knew I did my thing, but, you know, you're not going to always get like, the oh, you know, sometimes it's not going to happen. So that's why it makes it, kind of nerve wracking because you just have to go up there and deliver to your standing, you know, to what you feel is the best of you. And if yo man, if you get him to do the oh, or even if he just hits you with some, you know, even if he's just there vibing, listening, you gotta make sure you go off. It don't matter. This New York, man, I done yeah. see I done been in crowds where it's like you could be dripping sweat, man, down your body. You giving that you rhyming and and everybody's like you know what I'm saying? And when you get yeah, on stage, as soon as you get on stage, or something, everybody's grabbing you, like, "Yo, man, that was amazing!" You trying to leave the spot, and everybody's stopping you. Let me buy you a drink, man. That was amazing. You like, man, I was up there. Look, like nobody was enjoying themselves. You know. And then when you get off stage, they, they, New York, you know, the crowd tends to like show you that love. So, is I've been doing it in New York all my life, man, all my life. Even when I've been out of town, performed in Atlanta at A3C Fest one time with Griselda at a combat jack show. And um, I I, I, won't, I won't say I opened up for them, but I was the act right before them. And um, you know, the mic and all that went out on my set, man. And just like a true New Yorker, I was watching the mic black out for like three acts before me, we would go out, you know, go out. And the acts were like um, handling it to the best of their ability. And I was like, yo, man, if that shit go out on my... Um, so but I didn't even... as Soon as I went up there, twin, I ain't even talk on the mic. I just grabbed the mic off the thing. I was like, yo, yo, yo. And everybody looked, I threw it down. I seen the DJ had a mic. He was in the middle of the venue. I walked to the DJ booth. I grabbed his mic. I said, yo, I'm from New York. You know, uh, this, that, and the third. I was brought here by Combat Jack. Thank y'all for having me. We gonna do this like we in New York though, straight. In the middle of this section, we're going to do this like in the park because I'm not going to be up there embarrassing myself. So everybody crowd around me right here. We just going to have this like it's a cypher. They threw the beat on and I just rocked my music. And it was like, you know, I'm used to making the best of it coming from where we from.
0: And it's amazing to just hear that story of you being at that performance and, you know, bringing the New York spirit down there, of course. But I think the thing that gets on me the most, especially with the New York radio stations, we know that they're paid to play, whatever, from these record record executives, of course. But my thing is, is that when it's Hot 97 to Power 105.1, I want to hear something. That's what you do, Griselda, Davies, because that's New York. I want to hear that. I
1: agree with you, brother.
0: I mean, because I know there's some artists. I had a conversation with Graf on Monday night, and he was telling me that he's fine with just being underground and just because he's he's making money, he's making a living off of it still, no matter what. He's not as much as salty as it, as other artists are. But for me, I would love to hear what you do and other real hip hop heads do. I agree with
1: radio. you. I agree with you a hundred percent, my brother. And no. um. You know, wholeheartedly, I would tell you, I do this to hear my music on the radio, you know, so I won't lie to you and tell you I'm perfectly fine being an underground artist because I did this, you know, for the likes behind, you know, Jay-Z, the Nas'es, the Puns, the DMX, Mob Deep, you know, hearing all that stuff on the radio, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I had the mixtapes and the crew tapes. But hearing Monday Night Clue and hear Flex at 8 o'clock, bring it back a thousand times, you know what I'm saying? With the go Flex, go Flex. And you listening and you waiting. Like, that's what we grew up on, man. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And although I do understand the business now, unfortunately, I've seen, you know, the curtains pull back. And I know what goes on in a perfect world, man. I think radio should be... Uh, Non bias and judge free man and um play good music. New York radio should play New York music when I go to Atlanta. I hear Atlanta music when I go to Denver. I'm hearing Denver artists when they play the mix shows. When I go to LA, so uh, New York should have more New York artists on besides Rosenberg at midnight at 1 a.m. You know, that to me, I'm not a fan of that, I don't co sign that. And, you know, I totally agree with you, brother, but as long as money's involved in this thing, man, there's always gonna be some soil it up. You know what I'm saying? The same thing with, with our beloved team. It's like, come on, man. Like we would love to see the team be run. How everybody in the world, it's amazing how everybody from kids to grown can know how something's supposed to work. And it just, well, it's like looking at a clock go backwards. You know, and you like, yo, man, that's not how it's supposed to go. Like, no. you know, and it's like, <laughs> but at the end of the day, we just have to, in this world, that's how we, that's what we deal with. You know what I'm saying? We deal with the unfair, uh, the rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poor. So artists like us have to have a fan base like you guys that support us wholeheartedly that have to deal with the data we do get on the radio and a thousand other gods come like oh this is amazing like, you know what I'm saying and it's like finally my God got on some shine but that's really at the end of the day that's what we do it for man a little bit of um that little one percent of rooting for the underdog of like yo man we get a chip even if it's one you know what I'm saying we got one you know yeah. what I'm saying like we'd be like Dallas and Dirk and I'm like yo man we just we just need one man. <laughs> one parade.
0: <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I need one for my three teams because I'm a Met, Nick, and Jet fan. I need, I need so it's, one. So it's
1: been 30 years on each clip at least. You know, I was like, 86 for the Mets. You know, it's been a long time for the Knicks. So it's like, come on. man. I'm a sports guy, so I relate a lot of life to sports. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, all you need is one opportunity to level the playing field. You know, That's let right. us let us have a fair chance to hoop against whoever. And we we lose, man, we lose, but most of the time. And we ain't gonna lose. We gonna turn it up.
0: No, especially now with the team they have now under Thibodeau.
1: I love Tibbs, man. Yeah. I love D Rose. I'm a Chicago Bulls. I'm a D Rose fanatic, hard you know, youngest MVP, that whole Joe Noah, Lual Dang, Kurt Harris. that team. I was a fan of what Tibbs did with them. I was always a fan of the way Tibbs ran his teams. So when he came to New York and I seen him put in the same team, all he was missing was Jimmy Butler. You know what I'm saying? And But we don't, we don't live in a perfect world. So um, I love Tibbs, man. I love his style. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. it brings back that 90s team feeling with the defense and aggressiveness.
1: It's all hustle, no, all muscle, no, you know, it's no flash. No. just straight, like, he tells it like it is. I love that, where it's like, yo, man, you going to sit on the bench, I don't care who you are. You know what I'm saying? it has nice like, to be. You, yeah, if you ain't bringing what we need to get this game. And when I was playing ball, that's how I was, you know, that's how I was coached. Most of the coaches I had well, had that same mentality from my dad to any other coaches were like, yo, man, like, I'll sit you down, bro. You know, go ahead, do that through the legs around the back flashy pass you like to do. I'm sitting you down. Don't care if it works. So, yeah, man, that's how we, you know, that's why I rock with tibbs I rock with D-Rose. I rock with the whole team. I love Julius Randle, man. He's he's like a a model, you know, he's like a model athlete, you know what I'm saying?
0: He ain't 100%. bothering nobody. No. I want to get into another great basketball player that you knew. He was a great basketball player, but more known as an MC, Bacardi Robb. <laughs> Black Robb.
1: That's right, man. Banco Popular. Oh. He was ben. a great athlete. He was a great, well, man, I'm not going to say great because I don't want people to see this be like, yo, he's always using that word below, man. My boy was nice, man. He was nice on the court, man, with that pill. Him and uh, his good friend, another dude from my neighborhood who just uh, came home from doing a long stretch. His name was Rock City O. Yeah, I watched them guys play basketball every summer, man. And I played in the games right before them. So, you know, it'll be hype. Like, we, we might have won or lost. So we stay, we watching older guys now. And it's like seeing Rob, um, you know, who else got game, Cameron got game. You know, I got footage. My dad has it somewhere in the house. I got footage of Cameron, um, hooping man in one of the last uh, tournaments in, around my neighborhood. Um, him, Jim Jones was hooping. Jim got game. Um, who else? There's a few dudes that. I, who else? Who else? Oh, uh, Mace, I've seen hoop live in action. I've seen Mace hoop. He got game in the neighborhood. So yeah, man. Watching Black Raw was like, his game was kind of like, if I could compare him, man, I would have to say he was like a um man. He handled the rocket, his passing ability. Like, he was a good passer, you know, a scorer, a passer, like one, like a Stephon mm. Marbury, that kind of game where, like, cuff the ball, drive through the middle, dish it off to the man on the side, kind of joint, you know, get a quick little reverse layup. I was robbed, man, for real. And he's
0: one of the greatest MCs of all time. He gave you your name, Feeve, because he said you got the fever out here.
1: Yeah, man, one of the greatest storytellers, you know, he don't get his praise, man, and you know. He's hit it on the head, 20 He's Like, y'all heard you got a little fever out here. You know, I still hear him say it, man. I was, you know, I was blushing like a little, you know, little schoolgirl, man. I was like, "Dad, hey, that's Rob. You know, I love him, <laughs> man. You know, so... um. Yeah, man, that's one of my fondest memories with Rob, definitely.
0: One hundred percent. UFO, you do believe in aliens, but not the way that it's portrayed on the TV, and it's just knowledge itself. That's where UFO comes from.
1: That's right. Understandably, you know, I think um, as far as knowledge is is everlasting and it's puts you in place. Um, I came across knowledge of myself, so you know, the UFO was pretty much a representation of like the unidentified flowing object, you know, the rapper that people don't really see is a Latino MC and um, rhyming the way I'm rhyming. And um, as well as like speaking with the elders and kicking in with the elders and like having the knowledge that I have is very, like they they don't expect it. You know, they expect the young ones to be a lot less um wise than we are. So, you know, I've always got told, like, yo, man, you've seen, you know, where you know this from, how you know this, you know what I'm saying, where you've been studying, and, um, you know, I didn't have no mentors, and no goddess and no enlighteners, and none like that, so, like, peace to the nation of Islam, the gods of the 5%, Muslims, um, Christianity, um, Judaism, uh, Rastafari, everything man I went through all them phases of just trying to learn about all of that and see what's right and what's wrong and and it just led me to just expanding my vocabulary and when I be you know when I put it into the rhymes it turns into UFO
0: that's what we have UFO (laughs) feed
1: that's what the people like man because you're gonna hear some street knowledge it's like you know it's not glorification of nothing it comes with gems it's glistening you know like like the streets, like the concrete is glistening, got a little bit of gems in there. So I am going to talk about some stuff, but you're gonna um you gonna hear some redemption there. You know, I talk about God, I talk about being positive. So it's always like a lot of stuff in there. A message. Yeah, it's always a message you gotta decompact, even if I'm giving you some uh some of the devil's work. You know what I'm saying? I gotta also let you know that come what that comes with that.
0: You do that in every project, man, especially the most high. And then the one that you got dropping Friday. Oh, the God Nas speaks. Yeah, Could you my, give us yo. a little preview of what this is gonna be? Is this Nas speaking about you?
1: Um, I want to say he's speaking about me, but he's speaking about my people, more or less, you know, but it's a representation of who I am. What he's saying in the um speech. Uh it's crazy I was hanging I don't know what made me catch the speech I was just hanging out with Joe and he was talking and I was like when I see Nas come to the podium he said he didn't know what to say so I was like oh man this is going to be crazy and um, pretty much he starts it off by saying what the speech is is him saying like the drum you'll hear it on Friday for yourself but he's saying like the drums it started in Africa and traveled through Puerto Rico they came here to the mainland and created what we know as hip-hop. And it's just that little light of that drum, that little light that spread from there to there is just a spec of what we've contributed to the world as Latinos and Black people, you know what I'm saying? And as, as, as New Yorkers. And that's pretty much the speech, and then we go into some heat right after that. But it's pretty much him breaking down because there's a big... A misconception that Latinos There's a misconception between the connection of Latinos mm-hmm. and uh, the hip hop culture itself. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people tend to leave us out or think we're not a part of it from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? And um just want to make it like it's strictly a black thing. And um although it is a black culture, it was built on the blood of Latinos and black people and Italians. And everybody else that was in the Bronx and in these ghettos of Brooklyn and Manhattan and was doing these things at the house parties because it didn't travel downtown at first. It was with us. So um being a true New Yorker and being from Jefferson projects, living in Johnson projects, living in Castle Hill projects, my dad living in Stanley Isaacs, you know, having family from Stapleton all the way to you know, all kind of projects and they different people in all of them. You know, I've seen Asian people living in the projects over here in Queens. These Asian people living in the projects, you know what I'm saying? So um, pretty much to concise it all and co- put it in one thing, is pretty much, for me, it was like, you know, that constant conversation of Latinos and hip hop and pun being respected and Joe being... Disrespected, you know what I'm saying? And like it's a constant conversation. And to hear Nas address it was like, well, if I could shout it out all I want, and it could be like a disgruntled Puerto Rican MC or whatever. But we're like Nas saying it is like, hello, you know what I'm saying? God. The God. The God Nas speaks. You know what I'm saying? So I got more of it, but that part I wanted to use for this specific project to address that situation. And um, especially with the song that comes right after it, I'm kicking that, you know, I'm pouring out pain on it. So I wanted to give it like that. Oh uh, yeah, here it go.
0: It's gonna be a movie.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be dope, man. I can't wait. Cause although this first song is titled Bad, uh, Bad Female, it don't got nothing to do with a female. It's just, that was the name of the beat. And um, it has like a jazzy sample. So it sounds like you on a date with the hardest, you on the hardest day, like you and your female just came through from Miami, moving some stuff from the plug and y'all home free and you got on your Hawaiian shirt and she got <laughs> on her white Griselda Blanco dress and she spoke <laughs> her long Virginia slim. That's what that sound like, you know what I'm saying?
0: Crazy. I'm yep. looking forward to it because anytime I, I listen to one of your projects, man, I know I'm in for a, a treat because it's it's dope lyricism.
1: Thank you, brother. I truly appreciate that, man. I try to keep them concise like that, you know?
0: Yeah, but that's what you do as an MC. That's what we got to do, keep going with the real hip-hop.
1: That's right.
0: Man, this Friday, it all goes down. But Diddy, Diddy's an interesting conversation. We call him Puff Daddy for this conversation because that's what real hip-hop heads know him as. Puff Daddy, he called you at a time when you were considering putting the microphone down.
1: Absolutely, my brother. It was a time where I was um like we all do going through, you know, the motions of 100%. life and getting beat up by the 24 hours that surrounds us. Mm-hmm. And um, I just was broke, man. To be honest. I just was broke. So, you know, that brings out a lot of frustrations. And um I was broke because I chose to I wasn't broke because I wasn't able to get money, I chose to do music. Like, I chose to leave the other stuff alone and try, like, focus solely on music. I didn't want to deal with anybody in the streets. I didn't want to sell anything. I didn't want nothing to do with none of that. So it was stressful because I I cut off the only way I knew uh, how to make money. So it was a little frustrating at first. And um, my uncle had just passed away as well. So um, that was it. Thank you, brother. He was someone who was, like, always, like, Believing in me, you know what I'm saying, giving me that positive drive. So when he passed away, it just felt dark and it felt tough. And um, to get the call from Puff was very like um, it was a blessing in disguise. It wasn't to, um, it, it saved my life because um, you know, although I didn't sign with Bad Boy or nothing like that, it lifted me out of a you know out of a situation that I was in on my own. So. I'm forever grateful and indebted to him for that. Um, you know, it's not like he calls me on Wednesdays or nothing like that. We don't have a tight relationship, but um, I'm gonna just always be indebted for him for that phone call, man, because it definitely lifted my spirits up and it made me go harder. And it made me record the record that got me discovered, you know, um, and when I say discovered, that means just, you know, put on a map from, from my peers and those elders around me that, that um I looked up to coming up, so I'm gonna always be grateful for that for real.
0: And what led up to this phone call was that someone from Bad Boy played one of your records around Puff Daddy, and he was like, "What's this?"
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I got the story, man. And um, the uh one of his assistants, he has a, a crew around him. Shout out to everybody around him. Um, y'all know who y'all are, man. And um, I got a. I I have a relationship with a few bloggers on Instagram and stuff, so um, shout out to his biscuit, he always shows me love, and you know, um, I guess he posted something, and um, they saw it from there, man, and they took it, and I didn't know none, you know, you never know, um, sometimes you might see a video has a thousand plays, and it feels like, damn, only a thousand people watched this interview, or 500 people, but you don't know who those people are. You know, it could be um, George Clooney watched it 500 times. You know what I'm saying? You know, or Halle Berry. You not, you have no idea. You never
0: know.
1: Yeah, of who it is that's consuming the content we putting out there. I had no idea about that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So um, they were listening. To, I had just put out a project called Taxes around this time. It was an EP. I was trying to do this uh, new method I had with, like, shorter projects just stronger music you know like five four songs but just four hard oh, joints and um they came across that and he was listening to taxes and he told me that um Ryan was the name of the uh gentleman who discovered it he's also a producer engineer on his own time so I guess he must have been in the studio getting some inspiration whatever and he said puff walked in the studio and the music was playing and he grabbed his laptop and stuff and he usually walks out he's on his way out he stops. like oh who's this you know what I'm saying listening to it and you know that's when they explain who I was and um he just always told me uh, I've spoke to Puff like twice uh, and he's just always told me he's a, you know he enjoys the music like he likes listening to my music because like you said his lyricism for him and a stuff in there for him to pick apart. You know what I'm saying? So that's big for me, man, for real.
0: Huge, just to get that cosign. All the
1: time. You know, that's Biggie. That's Biggie's man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You did the whole thing with Mary J. Blige, Jodeci. It's,
1: I'm from the class of Biggie, man. Listen, the same thing. Like, yo, bro, like, like this versus the locks. I'm going with the locks only because that's big, those is Biggie's boys. I'm that guy. You know what I'm saying? Black Rob was one of Biggie's boys. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I was down with Rob. Like, you know, that's one of Biggie's. Even Joe. I'm around Joe a the It's one of Biggie's boys right there. So I, everybody that came up on the Biggie, I got like a different kind of like, it's kind of like, yo, man, you came up on the, the you know, the, the greatest. Like Mike, man, like he was with Mike. Yeah. We all show love, Luke Longley. We all go show Luke Longley some love. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: uh, it, it, what's insane is that the, w- which people can also consider the greatest rappers, Tupac from Harlem.
1: East Harlem. He got roots in East Harlem. His mom, you know, um, that's another conversation between, uh, to go deeper, you know, for some people to know the history of the Young Lords and the Black Panthers and them teaming up on, you know, um, the sanitation strike back in the uh, back then in the 50s when East Harlem was getting bad and you know uh Tupac's moms getting into some stuff with the police back then and 110 in Lexington the young lords involved even Geraldo Rivera a lot of people don't know you know what I'm saying Geraldo Rivera the guy who cleaned up his act and tells people they shouldn't be wearing hoodies he's from the east side uh, you know and he was a young lord and he was fighting police and doing all that so um it's kind of like it read it in the neighborhood now i'm not going to take credit for tupac and say he's a harlemite but he definitely you know definitely had roots and stuff growing up in spanish harlem and they moved through i think spanish harlem is very influential in the new york um just the whole the whole sphere of like New York City, as far as everything, you know, from old times, from when the Italians migrated up to make it, you know, pleasant and all that stuff, to when just the Puerto Ricans coming in the 50s, you know, it's just very, 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 is one of the neighborhoods in New York that's like, it's a it's one of the veins, it's one of the main veins, you know what I'm saying?
0: Another important phone call. It's always a phone call. DMX calling you from jail.
1: Oh man. Telling you, yo. you, you got
0: it dog. You it dog.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shout out to my man. One shot deal, man. Um, he had just, you know, one shot was kind of akin to who I am to Joe, but to X, you know, he was someone that X had discovered. Um, he's also from East Harlem. He's one of my good friends. He was a great bass. One of the best basketball players coming up to, and, um, He just was always with X. And one time on my birthday, man, they called me. You know, they had just picked X up from, you know, wherever they was on the X situations. You know, I don't remember. He was definitely in uh, some kind of trouble or something. And they went and got with him. And um, I don't know why, man, but for some reason, I think uh, one shot was just calling me to say happy birthday. And he was like, hold on, somebody want to talk to you. And um like a week previous to that, one shot and I had recorded like two songs in the studio. So I guess he must have been still running off the high of them songs. So he was playing the music in the car with DMX. And you know, he was um really around X. So he must have been like telling them or whatever. I don't know, man. And X called and he's like, yo, dog, I just heard your music, dog, got it, dog. Like Yeah, and and I'm like, yo, ex, he's like, nah, dog, listen, I don't got to tell you nothing, like, really being ex, you know, I'm overwhelmed, I don't want to get him upset, so I'm like, yo, ex, that means a lot to me so much, man, you understand, he's like, yo, dog, I ain't got to tell you nothing, you know what I'm saying, keep doing your thing, you already know, you know what I'm saying, like, you family to, you family to Dilly, you family to me, dog, you know, like, very, very inspirational, so, um, it even takes a lot of energy for me to imitate it because it was so like, holy, you know, like, oh, man. Yeah. Like, he was really, yo, hello? Yo, my man, hold on. Somebody want to talk to you. I, right. Yo, dog. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yo, dog, I rock with you, dog. shit tight, dog. I just heard that joint in the truck, dog. Oh, man, I ain't even got to. You know, I ain't really got to toot your horn, dog. I'm telling you the truth. I'm like, yo, ex, that's hard. Yo, thank you, man. All right, dog. And y'all, I heard it's your birthday too, dog. Many more, yo, yo, much love, my junior. Yo, you family, would dealing, you go with me anytime, dog. Yo, Thank you, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I was very taken aback to that, man. And you just put me in the mood. Cause I always, I, I since he's passed, that's always like one of my frequent memories. You know what I'm saying? But I don't really discuss it with nobody because I, I didn't never really ever told nobody it happened like that. Like, I might have mentioned it here and there, but, like, it's never really been something that anybody asked me about like that. So I tend to think that was, like, something for a reason, too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was something for me to just experience with them. Yeah.
0: It's so unfortunate, too, the, the, now that you you value these conversations even more because these legends have passed and DMX, I am Do you think that there was gonna be a time where you and DMX would get in the studio?
1: Oh, um, being one shot, man. We're planning on linking. You know, we were trying to get him and Joe together. You know, to have like a session with all four of us, like secretly link them up. Um, unfortunately, it didn't happen. You know, it's very tough with these guys. They, um, they what they call legacy artists, legacy entrepreneurs. You know, these guys have, um. They very, they very, 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 like, special, you know, in a way, like, if things can happen, man, you bless, say it like that, like, if things happen, man, you bless, because I know Joe, um, I, I, you know, I, I like to think I'm, I know Joe, I'm his friend, he calls me, you know, things like that, but like, we don't really do much music. So when I do do music with them I'm feel blessed because you know these guys like they don't have to you know what I'm saying they don't have to do nothing the Styles doesn't have to send me a verse you know these guys are legacy artists they cemented they could go wherever they want and do whatever they want so when they respect me um I also sometimes I bite myself in the butt cuz I don't ask you know I I like I said I
0: you're the type that it, it just comes in time and you just work hard and it'll it'll exactly. come. I, I'm the same it's, way. I don't like to exactly. ask people for anything.
1: Like I see their everyday life and I knows what comes I know what comes with asking, right? I know that if I ask for something, I have to really want it. It has to be something that we need so that I could put like enough effort to get it done. It can't be somewhere where I'm just like, yo, it'll be dope if I had Joe on this, because I'll just want him on it, and then I'm asking 40 times, you know, and I'm becoming a note a uh, little pain in the butt as opposed to like just doing me working hard letting them see you work hard and then them wanting to get on your stuff or wanting to do something with you because they know you're not you're not wasting nobody's time you know so that's pretty much where I keep it and um even like uh one guy out Ghostface you know I speak to Ghostface on the phone um I'm not gonna say we best friends but like he responds to my texts I put in um, connecting him the money and stuff like that with other people, and it's just like, again, not saying that I'm anybody important, but it's like I'm not gonna ask Ghostface for verse. You know, what I'm saying like, not now, not in my heart. I would love to. I got mad songs I could throw them on, but it's like, <laughs> you know, the t- when the timing is right, when I could, it's the same thing when I asked Styles. It was just perfect, you know, because I was seeing Styles in a in a um in a t- in a consistent time frame. I was seeing them here, I was seeing them there. And then every time I would see him, we would hang out. And Not hang out like, you know, but like, all right, so like if there's a crowd, if there's a show, there's something going on, hectic, right, and we might be at Radio City and Styles tucks off in the corner and he's just doing his thing, I'm tucked off in the corner with like, I'll gravitate towards him, you know what I'm saying? So now I'm standing there with Styles and we'd just be, you know, smoking and observing and talking. And it happened like that like two or three times. So after the third time where like he gave me his number and stuff, and I was like, um, I also had terminology to throw in the mix, you know, somebody to bring down with me where it wasn't like, you know, I was I wasn't by myself. It just felt right. It was perfect. Like, yo, I gotta join with terminology, you know, and I know styles and term and static and all of them have their own relationships. So it was perfect, but um. Yeah, man, that's kind of how I am, even with when I'm working this ghost face situation. It's like, yo, when the time is right, I'll build enough courage to axe.
0: Legendary albums, I'm sure that you're a fan of Iron Man, Supreme Clientele.
1: <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Classic. I got my Supreme Clientele shirt right there, oh, I still haven't worn it. Mighty like, healthy. Mighty healthy. Come on. Malcolm or on one. One. You know what I'm saying? That's Apollo I'm kids. Like, Apollo Kids, you know, all the Ghostface, all that I got is you, everything, man. Or Ghostface, he's one of my top. And um we watched the game where Kevin Durant hit the three-pointer. Mm-hmm. We watched that game together. Wow. I watched that game where it was me, Ghostface, uh, Fat Joe, Q tip, and um fur. We was watching that Brooklyn Nets uh, game together, bro. And Katie's foot was right
0: on like, the line.
1: Hey, yo, you know what's crazy is um, the crowd, you know, Joe and them is all t- sitting right, and me and Ghostface are maybe like four feet separated from them, watching the same game. And Ghostface is like, yo, God, you think you could tell me the score? You know, I can't see that. Way. I'm like, "Yeah, hey, this is – I'm, like, I'm geeking out. <laughs> like, yo, Ghostface is 89-84. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> – uh, yeah that was oh. one of my a good night for me
0: speaking about the nets it was about two weeks before that you actually heard Kyrie Irving say that he was going to sign with the nets
1: that's a fact bro I was there we was trying to get now we you know Joe was trying to get him to come to the Knicks man and he wasn't he wasn't hearing me. you know I'm not going to talk for him or say the things that I was privy to hear but he was set on where he was going to. So I was like, you know, I came back to the neighborhood telling everybody, like, yo, oh, he going to the nets. Everybody like, yeah, right. I'm like, all right, man, he's he seemed like he's sure he know where he's going, you know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't want to deal with um certain things. So um he felt like starting a new culture, which we now know as Kevin Durant come yeah. in and you know all that stuff. I didn't know he didn't say none of that. You know, he just was, he knew what he was doing. Like, nah, I got some big, you know, and um, here he is now, you know, Mr. Mr. Unvaccinated. Yeah, (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) he's not even playing. I don't even think he wants to play basketball. There's always an excuse. He's always, remember when he went MIA last season?
1: Yeah, man. He He just never wants to
0: play. He's always fighting as he fought his way out of the Cavs. And then he did the same thing on the Celtics. Now he's on the Nets. He just, his heart isn't in it. He's one of the greatest basketball players ever,
1: period. um, Just speaking in the, we must have been with him like four hours. That's the, you know, that's what I got. And just hearing him talk, he's very articulate. You know what I'm saying? He's very, um, I think he's his own man too. A lot of us tend to forget that like these athletes are like, they make the decisions, bro around him for everybody you know yeah. what i'm saying like they're the breadwinners so you know he has his heart set on what he wants to do and that seems like the kind of guy he is And overall you know he doesn't let anything stop
0: him mm-hmm. i respect him at least because at least he's admitting that he's unvaccinated and that's his decision whereas rogers is saying i'm vaccinated and he's gonna lie about it oh he said i'm
1: i'm i'm immunized immunized right yeah immunized- <laughs> immunized, whatever he says like all right like, uh, you know i kind of show you at the end of the day why Kyrie is how he is there's the big
0: backlash for that exactly
1: you know what i'm saying where's the it's a lot of things. There's a lot of yellow tape that gets cut sometimes. And it's like you you see it, you be like, yo, man, like, why I can't get that.
0: Yeah. You're exactly right.
1: Why I can't get that same treatment. So I mean, we all have different journeys, man. You gotta mm-hmm. do what you gotta do, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. An important journey in your life is meeting fat Joe. We mentioned him a bunch of times tonight, more specifically you. You met him in a cold night, I think, in November at up NYC, the sneaker store. You go in there. He's a nice guy. He's been on my show, of course, Fat Joe. He's one of the nicest, most down-to-earth people in this business. And he was like, no cameras. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely, bro. Oh. Absolutely no cameras. He didn't want no pictures. He, Pardon me. Let me plug this in. He didn't want no pictures because he, he wasn't sure if he was going to uh, rock with me, he said. <laughs> so I was like, damn, you know, and I brought my camera guy. When else do we get a chance like this, you know? And um I have the actual picture of that day. Like the picture he told us don't take, I
0: have it. Oh. So you know that's it's, in the it's camera like, roll
1: is one of those pictures that's like, sheesh, man. I look at it all. I have it in my camera roll. I look at it all the time like, damn, this was the day.
0: Man, and he gave My you that co sign. The
1: picture you heard, that ch- ch- he was like, Yo, 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 no photos, man. I'm not yeah. sure if I'm gonna rock with y'all like that or nothing you know what I'm saying? So I don't really need y'all taking no photos. So I was like, oh, That's cool, Joe. We apologize, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah,
1: and um, but he but ended he up ended rocking up, with you, know, you. He ended up loving us. He loved us from the moment he met us. he's just, you know, he's Joe Crack, he don't want to yeah. be you know, um, Mr. Softy, especially to some people we never met, but you know, he tells me that all the time, you know, the moment he met us, he knew, he knew what it was.
0: Yeah. signed some distribution deals, made two songs with him. Fentanyl flow is crazy.
1: Yeah. We would, um, so we, uh, Joe had a lot of plans. We had a lot of plans. Well, I'm not going to say we, um, but he has some plans for stuff to happen, man. And unfortunately, you know, um, Through God's will, they didn't work out. And um, I'm kind of happy it didn't work. I'm not going to say I'm happy because I would have loved to experience to see how it would have went. But, um, yo, man, it wouldn't have been no enigma. They wouldn't have been no Albeezu. They wouldn't have been these fresh air. They wouldn't have been these projects had I took the other route. You know what I'm saying? So all in all, man, I'm super blessed because I still get to learn the business, put music out sell my merch, do my vinyl deals, um, sign one-off distribution deals here or do this here, still made some good music with Joe, still make music with him because I'm still in the studio with him when he's there. Um got to meet all these awesome people. And at the same time when things didn't work out, it's not like me and Joe fell out or, you know, I was disgruntled. We just called the audible. You know what I'm saying? He allowed me the opportunity to travel with him and get paid. So it was like, you know, instead of me being your artist, instead of being my artist feed, why don't you come on the road and get money with me and learn the business? You know what I'm saying? And when you on to the next one, you on to the next one. But at this time right now, this is how we rock it. And that's how I was like, that's why I got love from him because the day we had the conversation, I was already not happy with like being under the um. Uh, not being in control, you know, the label situations, mm-hmm. turning in projects, waiting for the songs to drop. Like, them songs, Fentanyl Flow and Rafe and nightclubs and and um, all the stuff we did that was supposed to be, like, big, it was very time-consuming, man, and very energy. You know, it took a lot of energy to wait a year, you know, for the song and then try to get the feature right. And, you know, it's like, man. So having those experiences got to teach me what I did and what I didn't want to go through, you know what I'm saying? And then being blessed to have Joe at this age where, you know, his ego is not like roaring and, you know, that he's he's able to look at me as a man and in, in my own and be like, yo, I think I could help you better, you know, over here doing this as opposed to trying to do this, because the game's not the same, you know what I'm saying, it's a different game, and we doing the music I make, I'm not really trying to switch it up, you know what I'm saying, like I make music for all kind of people, but I'm not really trying to sit down and wrap my head around catering to mainstream, you know what
0: I'm saying? And, and, and that's the thing about this industry now. I've had so many conversations with artists, and when they do get meetings at these labels, and they, even if they sign a label, they'll, they'll tell you one thing. all oh, we want you to do what you do. And then all of a sudden, you, you put your pen and paper to the contract, and all of a sudden, no, you got to start signing like this.
1: Yeah, because it's a business, you know? So, I mean, it's like if, if I see you selling jerseys and hats on the side of the street, and you're selling 30 jerseys a week, and i'm like yo i'm gonna help you out man i'm gonna put some money in you can't sell 30 jerseys no more you know what i'm saying we got to try to step it up to at least 60 to 90 to recoup for the money we just put into this you you you're not just standing on the corner with a table now you got a booth in the corner now you got an umbrella to protect you from the rain you got a light to show your merch you know now now we got to jump in so we can't do the same numbers and um That's kind of the business I learned, which is a blessing because I run my own team as well. You know, I have my own crew, the high enterprise records, have my own company. So when I put artists out or I try to help artists or I even put my stuff out, I understand more or less. Um, So you can make certain kind of music and then you can make the other music. You know, you can make music that we got to sit down and be meticulous about. And put out uh, the whole thought process to it and put some money aside, twin, and put the right things together. And then we got them joints where like, oh nah, let's just let the streets have that. Like, let's put that out. You know, you no, know, we don't even gotta announce it. We'll announce it, you know, in the week of and just shout out, Yo, let's throw it out. And people will eat that up too. You know what I'm saying? Like that raw sound. So um it doubles back, man. It's all up to the artists and who you want to be. But I'm grateful for the experiences for sure. And I thank Joe all the time because even getting to travel is a blessing, you know? Yeah, it's
0: it's great to have that experience, especially the co-sign of a legend like Fat Joe, one of the best in the game, one of the best of all time for sure. But I mean, the the upcoming music that you have and just hearing about these deals at the end of the day, do you think it's worth it to sign a deal, even though you can do it your own way? Is it independent? Is there any positives from what you saw so far that you may eventually sign a deal?
1: Um, I would definitely sign a partnership. Um, you know, every experience is different. I've had um some pretty crappy experiences, but I've had some good business experiences as well. Um, you know, signing a contract is not the end of the world. You know, it's not life or death. Um, if you're an artist and you need to sign, you know, they're artists, I can't tell you not to sign because you might be in a, sh- a shitty situation, you know, where you have to get out the situation and taking an advance is the only way to move. Yeah. Um, I wasn't allotted that opportunity. I was more of like grinded out, you know? So um, the way I do it, I like it. You know, it's for me. It works for me. Um, I like counting my money. You know what I'm saying? It's when I like me being the first one to count the money.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You know
1: what I'm saying? Like, I like being the one that decides if today is the day or if it's not. Um, I also like the one, I also like feeling the pressure of crunch time. You know, I also enjoy being like, damn, man, it's, you know, it's like, oh, the best things happen when we under pressure, you know what I'm saying? My team, me, myself, I seen us perform at high levels when we in the 25th hour, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, those are moments we won't get back neither. Mm -hmm. I enjoy that, you know, having my, um, going paintballing to shoot a music video. Like, yo, dogs, yeah, we shooting a music video, but like, it's really us just hanging out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, got a budget for us to go shoot a video. And I really just took us all paintballing. Like, that's memories. All my friends, you know, all the they all the guys. So it's like, yo, man, we got wives that stressing them the mouth. They got kids, they got jobs. It's like, you know, paintballing. Oh, hell yeah. So it's like, yo, man, even we a year removed from it and everybody's still, are we going paintballing this year? You know, because it's like, these are memories that we create on our own time. You know, ideas that I have, like, yo, let's go over here and do this. Oh, yo, how we do this? Ah, I scrape together a budget. Everybody's coming. We going. We take care of it. And even if it never happens again, we got it on film. We had a video and we did some work. And, man, we kept it moving. And to me, that's priceless, you know?
0: I think that's important advice, especially for the young artists who listen, especially take advice from you, you know?
1: Try to create some memories, you know, and yeah. try not to... um. You know, learn business, man, because all of us have different characteristics and great quality. Some people might be great MCs, not so good at business, you know. So don't spend all your time just being a great MC. Try to take some time out to at least learn the business. You know, you don't have to become great, but knowing is the beginning of the fight. Yeah.
0: The Ghost of Albizu, that album was crazy. That was... Big Ghost did his thing on there, too. Insane. You were the perfect collaboration.
1: That's one of my favorites, man, for real.
0: Boxcutter (sighs) Jiu-Jitsu. Insane.
1: Even the song titles are amazing, man. Yeah,
0: I know you keep the producer titles when they send them to you.
1: Yeah, I don't like to change it, so, you know, because it's it's their vibe, and it helps me write because I kind of get to understand where they were, you know what I'm saying? So, like, with a song like Boxcutter Jiu-Jitsu, as soon as I read the title, and then I hear the bang, 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 I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like a knife fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to come at it. Shaolin. <laughs> exactly. we got to come at it swinging them swords. So, um, shout out to the big ghost, man, wherever he is right now. If you're watching this, man, thank you again for allowing me the opportunity to hop on your production and do a project like The Ghost of Albizu and also put off for someone like Pedro Albizu Campos who, you know, gets overlooked in history and um, especially as a revolutionary, you know? And um, I'm very proud of that project because we introduced a lot of people to Albizu Campos, you know, and um, we also made some dope music. So it's like a double-edged sword for me. Mm
0: -hmm. That's the thing that you always get, you get art from what you do i know that i'm starting to apply graph's message i know he just had a, a his newest album with dj shea stop yep. calling art content because what you do isn't content it's art it's an art that's form. exactly
1: that's a great that's a great perspective man for real for real because um you know we just linked up uh i got a project coming out um with Jay Hart. it's the continuation to umigra's and it's um titled Trenches, and we just linked with this legendary photographer. Um, he's m- most known for uh his National Geographic cover, 1990. Growing up in East Harlem, so like he's like if you Google any East Harlem pictures, it's him. You know, I before I knew him when I was trying to find like East Harlem pictures for covers, or albums, it would always be him. So full circle comes around. I get to meet him, and I bring him back to East Harlem. And we do, we do a photo shoot over this weekend. And it's pretty much like his National Geographic 2021 version. And he's so proud, you know what I'm saying? He's so proud to have shot. He says, usually he has to shoot people of color in like lesser situations, not, not in a proud light, you know what I'm saying? So um, I say that to say, it's the same thing with the ghost of Albizu, man. It was like shining the light on, on something that people bury you know what I'm saying twin like mm-hmm. just just always trying to keep it positive twin to keep the the knowledge there and the content you know what I'm saying keep it educated educative, as well as street orientated street knowledge you know like N.W.A. says, yeah
0: <laughs> oh classic straight out of Compton
1: straight out of Compton, straight out of, you know, like Al Beezle would say, straight out of Puerto Rico, you know, straight out of the island, straight out of the hoods, all like, it's amazing how it all coincides with each other. The struggle don't stop, man. It don't matter the color, the age, the creed. It's like, you just pick your struggle, twin is dead. You know what I'm saying? Whichever, whichever fight you want to be a part of, pick one, but we all got to fight though.
0: Yeah. Flow Thugs in Harmony.
1: Flow Thugs, crazy. Uh, yeah. That song was insane.
0: You...
1: The new Jay Hart project is amazing. You know, man. It's shout out to Jay Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, Flow Thugs is that was my like uh, dedication to CNN and like Nori. That night we recorded that. I was hanging out with Nori, so I wanted to make like a um song that like I heard Nori on. And um, we had sent it to him and stuff, and we didn't get the verse back. You know, we couldn't get him to lay the verse in time, but, like, I, I laid it, like, with him in mind. So it had, like, that that Max B, that old CNN, that, that old Queens uh, the War music, Report. that Nas, that music makes the thugs calm down. Music makes the thugs calm down like that's how rappers used to sing Not like now you not know the auto-tune nonsense it's really like that 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 rap singing that you know how we used to do that uh it's the real hip-hop you know that good old queens
0: vibe yeah Nas on undying love way it
1: goes right there even no we him, i'm leaving yeah on the next train don't know if i'll be back again like that's that yeah. that's that real that's that stuff i like you know that real um
0: that hip-hop singing,
1: singing. that hip-hop singing yeah twin or biggie on
0: or even know, the sun in the rain when pun attempts to do it
1: here God the sun, and I was just gonna say biggie on player haters, yeah, player haters. You know, that real, like, yeah, man, what do you do when your chick is untrue? Do you cut the hooker off or find someone new? I, you know, it was like, yeah, that's
0: that legendary stuff, and now you can put that down on your resume, man, as an MC that you were able to do that.
1: Thank you, my brother. Thank you so much, man. I'm glad everybody that you know that song is, um, like critically acclaimed. Like every time somebody like bigs me up, they always say that song, and I'm like, damn, I, I thought it went over a lot of people's heads. You know what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it it didn't. It's one of your best for sure.
1: Thank you, my brother. Yeah. That means so much, man. Thank you. For <laughs> real, for real. About them
0: dollars. You and Annoyed, because I had Annoyed on my show last year, and I'm from Connecticut, and he's one of the MCs holding down Connecticut. You guys made a good parent on that track.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Shout out to Static. Annoyed was kind enough to put me on his album with Static. He's a joint with me, Annoyed in terminology called Kilos. And um, I've always rocked with Annoyed, man. You know, even... um. His personality has been awesome. So uh, I wasn't afraid to ask him for the verse. You know, I just sent it. I was like, y'all got a static joint to him. And he was like, oh yeah, send that. And um, he sent it back right away. So when I played it for static, static was like, oh yeah, this is crazy. Cause I, um, I had, pardon me, I had laid that a uh, chorus in the verse during the fresh air sessions so you know that record was originally for fresh air um one of the original records for fresh air, and we had kept it off, but um not because it uh static only makes ten songs, so it's not that it wasn't it just didn't um fit the sequence, so I was like, oh yeah, this same you know sometimes you make records that don't fit the project and they just don't you know they're not good. But this one was good to live on his own. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to throw. I, if I throw a feature on it, it'll definitely uh, boost it. And um, Annoyed just killed it, man. And I'm grateful for him. Thank you, man. Shout out to CT, man. They some gangsters in CT, for
0: real. <laughs> like 50 said. Oh.
1: Some gangsters in Connecticut.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Annoyed, another great MC. Terminology meeting him you met him at a Dominican restaurant in Queens
1: yeah man I you, met met him so you wanted you
0: wanted to go up and, and eventually work your way to Static Selector. you wanted to get on his radio show in freestyle and freestyle and, and forming a bond with terminology was really what set the path to you meeting Static and forming a relationship with both of them
1: absolutely I had no way of getting to Static um you know um shout out to Jazz Brock Marciano's manager he had a conversation with me. He was like, yo, you need to meet static, man. You know, it'll be dope if you linked with him. You know, um, that'll be big for your career, Fee. And um I had no way to get to him. So, you know, I kind of like I'm I manifest a lot, you know. So I was just praying on it and praying on it. And um, I had went to get something to eat, man, right up the block. And terminology was in there. By the grace of God, just eating, yo man. And I've lived in this neighborhood about ten years with my family, my kids, and um, I've never seen him, never. Oh. And just one day, twin, he was in there eating him by himself at that. So I'm like, yo, you terminology, you know? I walk by him, and I'm like, oh, that's term. So um, I, you know, I, I humble myself. I introduce myself, like, yo, your terminology, man. You know. Um, I'm UFO Thief, I just got down with Terror Squad, Fat Joe, you know, and he kind of gave me the like, yeah, I, you know what I'm saying, like, and uh, by, again, man, by the Lord's good graces, the next day, when I went home that day, Jay Hardak called me and told me, asked me if I had wanted to go to a static release party the next day, and I was like, yo, man, let's do it. And the first person I seen after I got searched walking into the party was Term. And when I seen him, he was like, oh, shit. He saw me with Jay Hart. And, um, you know, Jay Hart had his relationship with Sean Price and Duck Down. So Jay Hart is pretty familiar with these guys. Right? He seen me with Jay Hart. He's like, and um, not only did he see me with Jay Hart, but Rob Markman um, was there. He, like, walked up to me, said, what's up? uh millie's another artist from awesome. Mass, saw me yeah saw me walked up to me and um that that gave term you know that made term like yo you know who, who is this kid and um from there we just we just bonded you know i rocked with him
0: yeah eventually got to do a full project with static
1: the only rapper that i got a project with with static and term you yeah know what i'm saying the only rapper walking this earth that got a project produced by static instrument. So,
0: um, I share.
1: term, term wanted, you know, term hat, um, I started working with term before the like, term hat. He told me he made beats. I didn't believe him. you know, he was like, yeah, I made some beats. And he started showing me the songs he produced. And I'm like, Oh man, you know, like, uh, send me, you know, let me get some stuff, man. So like the first three joints he gave me, I laid them and he was like, yo, we should do a project together. So I was like, oh yeah, automatic. You know, I didn't have nothing going on, you know, to be, I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and as I started working on that, uh, static would see us working. So, and that's what led to static being like, um, turn being like, yo, you need to yeah, Thief, you know what i'm saying and that's what led to me working with static
0: insane and you're still working to this day about them dollars in you got day. that single right here you're keeping pushing forward keep making those connections you're you're going to be working with the you're already working with the legends and in the, in the top greats but eventually you're going to reach your way to work with all of them because it's 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 happening
1: <laughs> Yo, man from your from your From your mouth to God's ears, you know, I'm just a guy, man, that's just living, living his life in his little, you know, his little, 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 little matrix we in, you know what I'm saying? This little bubble we in, trying to make the best of it and stay positive. And um, I'm a Knicks fan, man. You know, life is hard.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's rough. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. We haven't been good. I mean, well, last year was the first year we've been good since 2013. That was the greatest year in a while.
1: I think, you know, man, I'm a big basketball fan, man. I'll be watching the game, man. I'll be like, damn, man. I'm nervous when certain guys touch the ball. You know what I'm saying? I'm one of those guys who, like, I'm always going to root whether we good or not, man.
0: Same. The Ron Baker, whether it's the Ron Baker years or the Mellow years or now with Randall.
1: The Thomas years. It don't even matter. The Marbury years. Oh, Yeah. (laughs) The whole 2000s. throw the way, don't wait the whole don't wait a whole 2000s, Nick's man. Like yeah. Let's just start at 2010, then at 99 into 2010, you know
0: what I'm saying? Yeah. But um Alexi yeah, Schved Samuel D'Alembert.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, Samuel Dallambear. Look oh. at that. You saying the names for real.
0: Lou Oh.
1: We had some guys on the Knicks, man. Yo, man. Oh. I mean, forget we had guys like Penny. You know what I'm Penny saying? Penny Hardaway.
0: T-Mac. You can't forget about T-Mac. We had T-Mac. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't remind me, bro. Oh. Don't remind me, and man. we And we
0: never get these players in their prime. It's insane.
1: No, like, we got Kemba now. Like, yo, give him, come on, man. Like, yeah. we let him sit in Boston for a good six years before he went in. At- like, come on, guys, man. I don't know what it is with the Knicks. It's like the Knicks is like the sneaker guy who likes the your your, your one friend, you know what I'm saying? Who likes to buy the other sneakers? You like, yo, come on, man. Everybody out here, you always doing this, man. Like
0: <laughs> Exactly. What's your favorite know, Knicks moment of all time?
1: Um, it gotta be that four point play by LJ, man. LJ. That's like one of the plays like I remember being young and like uh, I literally was outside the crib, like picking up a bike and hearing like four houses screaming like because we were uh, uh at th- that time. My dad was upstate, so I was upstate and I remember like I was playing with like one of the kids and I went outside. They had a hoop and the bike was like in the middle of the hoop and I was picking a bike up and as I'm picking a bike up, I just hear like. The house my dad is in, then like the house down, like the game must have been on in like four houses. I just hear the like, ah! like while I'm picking up the bike, I just hear all simultaneously everybody scream, and I'm like, oh, I'll run back in the house, and I remember seeing L. J. holding up his arm, you know what I'm saying, and it's like, um, for my life, you know, one of the that's one of the moments, the best, you know.
0: That's why the Knicks are the heart of New York the nets you you're not gonna hear anything like that if, there's no
1: history yeah. yeah there's no history man not to mention you know um mellow scoring at 60 i watched that whole game you linsanity
0: know,
1: like them, linsanity killing kobe you know what i'm saying that's one of them things where it's like yo man he had Derek Fisher on skates the whole <laughs> thing insanity moment was amazing um and we got Amari, and you know when the, him and um uh, wasn't when Mello came, him and Amari took that picture. There was three of them. Who was up there? It was um, um, Mello, Amari, and um. Damn, I forgot who was on the front of Daily News, but I remember that day too, man. I was big. I remember the city was lit that day. We thought we was winning it when Mello came.
0: And we, we we were we got close in 2013. We didn't make it past the second round, but we I thought that was our year. The way Nobody we were your
1: man Yo, your man want to go punch glass in the locker room? You know what I'm saying? Like, go ahead, go ahead, genius. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Go punch. Yeah, go punch. well uh, Bruce Lee said: Don't hit the well, boards. Don't hit back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, go ahead, man. You want to go throw it away by punching the glass and shit. We had that one, man.
0: The God Nas Speaks. J. Cole once said that, as we can recall, his favorite one, probably one of his more interesting verses in which he said, Tupac was Jesus and Nas wrote the Bible. What is your Bible and your discography?
1: Great question, man. Yo, man, it would have to be ready to die. Not um, pardon me, life after death. Um, it really like you know, 97, 84, I was like thirteen. It just was everything. You know, what I'm, don't get me wrong. That Nas and that um, uh, Illmatic and that it was written that was like the it was written was the first city I ever bought but you know just something about life after death man it being a double disc it being as big as it was it having no bad songs um biggie dying like two weeks before it you know what I'm saying it was like I would definitely say it told it taught me how to talk you know, the Ten Crack Commandments taught me about street stuff. It taught me about loyalty. You know, you nobody that somebody kill. It was just like a bunch of lessons in there for a young kid, like that, Biggie said that. Biggie said, yo, Biggie said, don't get money with your friend. Money and blood don't mix. You know, no, yo, I you know, it's like Biggie said that. Like, oh, Biggie said more money, more problems. You know what I'm saying? It was like that. Like you you really like abide by the rules. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if there was any Bible, it would definitely have to be life after death because it's, like, all them joints was, like, speaking at the time.
0: Sky's the limit.
1: Sky's the limit. Come on, man. 112. Crazy. When when the video came on, you seen the kids, and you was like, oh, nah. As a kid, you like, that's amazing, you know. um, All of them joints. Yeah, man. So I would probably have to pick life after death. And then, you know, um that It'll matter right after that you know tough the, the bible and the, and the quran
0: yeah. <laughs> crazy and I, i'm sure that you're gonna have a bible for us someday a hundred percent
1: absolutely man absolutely. if you don't have, you have one to, already absolutely. if you yeah, don't have one already the, exactly that's totally up to the people man because i definitely got bible out there basic instructions before yeah. leaving the earth. you know that was one of my um my daughter was first being born so that project is strong as far as like you know messages and concepts so um it's up to the people man the people you know i i sometimes i think people are not gonna like something you know and they tend to like it more than i expected them to and they some stuff where i think they gonna they i want them to like and it's like you know they it don't be the things that I expected to hit so the people always find what they like, and I love it because um when you tell me what it is that you like, it allows me to expand on it and it gives me the confidence of that thought idea you know what I'm saying so it's like yo uh when you say something like um more um flow thugs and harmony it's like, yeah man, it makes me happy because it's like, yeah, I get to expound on that idea that idea is thriving so whatever the people like man and whether it's the ghost out diesel um magnum opus the most high um uh, from el barrio in love fresh air um the frank the butcher joint the thrill you know with frank the butcher
0: mm-hmm.
1: um whatever it is i'm just grateful man thank you for listening thank you for supporting to you watching this to you physically man you know what i'm saying Man, Matt, thank you for having me too, Twin. For real, for real, that shit means a lot to me. Thank you.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, I want to thank you for coming on the show here. You got the new album dropping Friday. Any info you want to give on the upcoming album, you can give right now. You know, we got to get this out here. This is this is this is another step forward here in your discography.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Prayer, weed, and music is pretty much you know my um my Bible, man. Is what the rules I live by. You know. Um, I scattered the producers around on this one. You know, I didn't go straight one producer. So you got uh, some upcoming guys like Birdo and uh, Frankie P who's Ferg's producer. We got Static on there. Um, You know, a bunch of dope guys that are like my guys, you know, um, that I have a real relationship with. Shout out to Wavy the God. Shout out to um, Get Large and Backpack, of course, you know, home team, man. Shout out to everybody that's on there. You know, I've been getting a lot of requests for a project with various producers. You know, so I was like, I had it in the stash already. So I was like, I got you, I got y'all. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. (laughs) We're looking forward to it. I'll I'll be staying up till the late night releases on Thursday, and then once yeah, my lawyer
1: called me, man. He said he really, you know, my lawyer called my administrator hit me today. Was like, yo, Fe, I think this is gonna be big one for you. You know, this one's hard, man. You know, when you get on them beats. You know, and then I have a spiritual advisor, man, a guy that's like very spiritual. He hit me up and was like, yo, this feels like a good one. People don't like this one. So I hope, you know, I hope people dig it, man, and get to take it in.
0: Big time. Big time. UFO feed man, I want to thank you for coming on the show here again. It was a pleasure. It was an honor. Thank Great you, discussion, man, too, man. going into all your stories and discography, everything, especially having some conversations about our Knicks. <laughs>
1: You know how we do, man. You know, I'm looking like I just played for the Knicks right now, man. So, we get, I appreciate you having me, man, and all the love you've been showing. And shout out to Richard Dean. Yeah, for setting you us know, up. You need us. We here for you, twin.
0: I appreciate that. I appreciate Stay, it. Stay sir. safe.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. See you soon, you heard?
0: Yeah. Peace, man.